0: Shortcuts
1: and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one.
0: For all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners, you know I love you guys. Thanks so much for continuing to listen to the show, spreading the word on social media. It's because of you we just got picked up by iHeartRadio. So not only are we on Stitcher and SoundCloud and iTunes, but we're also on radio stations all over the country. And again, it's because you guys continuing to subscribe and spread the word on social media if you haven't yet listened to the last episode, make sure to go back and listen because we had a multi-million dollar landscaping business owner on the show, Mr. Marty Grunder. And uh, Marty came from nothing, literally nothing, and in a very short time built one of the largest landscaping businesses in the Midwest. So if you want to learn how to build a successful team, make sure to go back to my interview with Marty Grunder. Today, the Success Hackers episode is brought to you by IWantMoreLeads.net. If you are looking to grow your leads for your business, make sure to check out the free video on how to generate all the leads your business can handle. Go to IWantMoreLeads.net. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We're about to chat with someone who I've had the great fortune of developing a really great relationship with this gentleman over the last several months, and. Not only have we developed a great relationship, but he is also, I consider him a mentor in the space that we play in, that I play in outside of the podcast, which is my coaching and speaking business. He's the CEO and co-founder of one of the largest online platforms for coaches and consultants. Today our featured guest is Mr. Carl. Bryant. Carl, are you ready to rock?
1: I sure am, buddy. And by the way, as you know, I'm a huge fan of Success hackers. so it's an honor to be here, bud.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Carl Bryant is the CEO of Leader Publishing Worldwide. He first franchised his first company at the age of 33 and went on to build a $5.5 million business coaching company that has generated over $400,000 of new business coaching clients per month. He is credited With building the world's first seven-figure online business school specifically for startups and local small businesses. Today, his online coaching platform is licensed to over five hundred top business and marketing coaches and seventy-three accountants in twenty-four countries. Carl, welcome to Success Actors, man. It's great to have you on the show.
1: You bet, but as I said, great to be here. Great to be here. I'm ready to rock.
0: Well, I gave our Hacker Nation listeners a little bit of information about you, Carl, but would love for you to share a little bit more.
1: My personal background is I built like Leader Publishing Worldwide is the name of my company, and what we've done is we built an online coaching platform. And kind of the genesis of it is um, you sort of mentioned in the intro there. I used to do four hundred thousand dollars a month in new small business coaching clients. Well, you could imagine you sit with a lot of folks that you know they just can't afford your high dollar fees in fact they can't afford to pay attention <laughs> let alone your high dollar fees so I figured business coaches of all shapes and sizes needed to have an inexpensive way to be able to help those that couldn't afford the high dollar stuff So that's kind of the genesis of the program and um, that's what we've built that's what we're doing and it's going very well and making a bit of an impact out there in the small business space
0: let me ask you a question because Obviously there's a lot of coaches out there, there's more and more coaches that are popping up all the time. What do you think makes either a good coach or a great
1: coach? The difference between worrying about them and worrying about their clients. Almost sounds a little bit out of a textbook, but you got to get in well you know this better than anybody, frankly, but you got to get insanely passionate about the guy that you're helping and then the money just ends up rolling in and the clients start calling. But you've, you've got to get insanely passionate about their results as opposed to feeding your own bank account.
0: So if you were starting all over again, and you're like, you know what, I came from this background, but I I just have an affinity for wanting to help people, so I'm going to move into the coaching space. If you were starting all over again, Carl, what would you do in order to maybe separate yourself from everybody else that does what you do, or something similar to what you do?
1: Look, upfront offer, I I would create an upfront offer that would just blow people away. So like as an example with um, a lot of our folks, what we do is we've created like a templated, well, in fact, this is my own elevator pitch, but we've managed to take this into a a template where I'll say, hi, my name's Carl Bryan. I do 45-minute turnarounds. I guarantee to find any small business owner $10,000 in 45 minutes without spending a dollar on marketing or advertising. Right, well, you could, if you walk into a networking function, there's 50 people in the room, 20, and you deliver that, 25 just gave you a business card. So that upfront offer is incredibly important. And then notwithstanding, okay, so now you say, okay, Carl, sit down and do one of these 45 minute turnarounds. Sounds like magic. So now you sit with me and you're selling me coaching. Once again, you change your offer, you change your life. The offer, um, that I sit down and I pre- present to you, like as an example, instead of just, you know, charging you five grand a month for my high dollar coaching fees, what if I scaled that back to just a grand a month, which kind of covers my heart, my, uh, my overheads, but then I take a 20% contingency above and beyond everything you do from the dollar that you're, you know, the income that you're generating the day that I walk in the office. So, you know, that, and by the way, that's going to be a significantly, if, if you do a great job with the client, you have a few big wins, you're going to make more out of, to select few clients then you will on all the others paying you the you know the higher dollar uh, monthly commitment fee.
0: You know I love how you mentioned that because like you said a lot of times these small business owners in this particular case maybe don't have the cash flow, don't have the the know-how, the knowledge. They know they need help, but maybe they don't have the 3 or 5 grand per month to spend because they're barely staying afloat in their own business. So when you talk to someone like that, and then you bring it down from three to five grand a month to hey, you know what? We'd love to work with you for a thousand dollars, and then I'll take some, some of the contingency on the back end. Have you had an experience? Have you had experiences where these individuals just say, you know what? Even six months in, you've been able to help me, but I just still can't pay you the contingency. And and then if, if that's the case, what do you do because of that?
1: It's a wicked question, by the way. Um, the bottom line is, like, you get you get screwed every once in a while, right? <laughs> but once again, if you're worried about them, like, what about the home run that you hit? And what about the client where you end up making 200 And, and not that this is going to happen overnight for the average business coach. Let's make sure we're, we're being realistic here. But you can take on a client, and they put, you know, a number of millions of dollars in their bank account. And don't think for a second that when you get in there and you play, I don't want to call it mind tricks, but you really help get somebody's head on straight. Because the difference between a successful business and an unsuccessful business is just the business owner getting in their own bloody way, right? Like you look at Seven Eleven, and then you look at the average, um, you know, milk and you know, milk and bread shop on the corner of every street across the planet. Well, what's the difference? And it's just mindset, right? It's the exact same business, but one's you know, like literally, you know, probably a hundred million dollar business plus. And the other ones just trying to make enough money to to buy their own bread and milk out of their own store.
0: Well, you bring up something that I wanted to actually follow up on, which your team and you you focus primarily on the small business market, as you've already alluded to. When you work with small business owners, what do you find to be the two biggest things that usually keep them up at night?
1: Small business, well, marketing and revenue. You know, again, marketing is about entering the conversation going on inside somebody's head. The conversation inside the average. Uh, business owner's head is, how do I make this phone ring? How do I fill my inbox on Monday with leads? And by the way, that's the farthest thing on average from their their challenge. Uh, but this is the conversation inside their head. So if I wanted to get, if, if you were going to like blow up my family or I had to, you know, sign three uh, $2,000 a month coaching clients within seven days, I would advertise, basically, I'm going to make your phone ring i'm going to fill your inbox and the business owners would respond to that so answer is marketing is their major challenge and then of course there's profitability because they sit and stare at their bank account so what keeps them awake at night is you know just making enough profit to get by pay their staff keep the doors open and ultimately you know having a little bit of success uh you know taking advantage of other opportunities and you know um you know, taking the family to Disneyland for a couple weeks in uh, in July or August.
0: As a coach, I know from personal experience that there's multiple ways to make an impact on a client. There's, you know, the online courses, the masterminds, the one-on-one coaching, the products, etc. And there really is no wrong or right answer on how you should build your business. Everybody's got their own sweet spot. Everybody's got their own, I call it passion play. It's a personal preference. So, what would you say is the fastest way? for a coach to build a multiple six-figure coaching business?
1: Uh, again, loaded question. I would break it down into three baskets. Okay, basket number one is to generate leads. Basket number two is to get really good at converting, as in getting the guys to say yes. And then three, very importantly, is to get your your clients incredible results really, really quickly. So one, again, I would... Step number one, how do you generate leads? Well, I I mentioned a minute ago, you change your offer, you change your life. I would get out there with a value proposition that people struggled to say no to, like the 45-minute turnaround and finding them 10 grand in 45 minutes. Uh, Secondly, converting. We kind of covered that as well. Like when you sit down with a business owner, I would find a way to get them to part with their, you know, hand over the credit card, part with the check, sign the paperwork to the point where it feels like they were having the win as opposed to you having the win. And think about my example where I say, "Look, just cover my heart fees of $1,000 dollars a month, and I'll really make my back-end money off of your profits." And I'm more than happy with that. And by the way, let's say that you never make a back-end contingency payment ever. Um, if you signed up 20 people on planet Earth at 1,000 dollars a month, you extrapolate those numbers. That's 20 grand a month, 240 grand a year, without one cent of contingency money in there. And then, of course, you hit a couple of home runs, and you do very, very well. And then, thirdly, um, making a big impact on your clients, which once again, as, like this, is something that we teach at a very, very high level. Uh, but you can kind of break it down to five areas where there's leads, conversions, transactions, pricing, and then profits. And by by working with the business owner and giving them that strategic thirty thousand foot overview that these are the five areas we're going to work on. You make it incredibly easy for the business owner to be able to follow your lead, which is critical for both of you. And I would say, like, if you were to say, like, what's the, the closest thing to magic that I've ever seen in business coaching is this. So let's say that you've got a business owner. I'm going to use some really easy numbers here. Okay, so let's say that they're making $100,000 of profit last year, and then you show up. Okay, and let's say that you go through their profit margins. Remember, step number five of I just went through were profit margins. Okay, so um, I go through their profit margins and I work out that they've got a 20% margin. Okay, so they made a 100 grand profit, 20% margin, so I go in and the first thing that I want to do is have a look at their expenditures and I want to find a way to be able to shave a minimum of 10% um, off of what they're spending money on. So an example is, let's say you're in a hair salon and you've got like six different suppliers Massive mistake. You need one and only one, and you need to get them behind you, and you need to buy in bulk, and you need to take advantage of discounts, and you need to pay early, if not up front, to make sure that you, you can take advantage of every um, advantage that you can, right? So, And notwithstanding, let's look at your credit card bill. Oh, well, you let it slide for a week or two, and then you pay like 20, 18 to 21% interest on your credit card, and you kind of look at it like it's only a few hundred dollars, it's no big deal. Well, the course of 12 months, these numbers all add up, give you a bunch of different hacks, quote unquote, um, ways that you could go about finding savings for the average business owner. Well, let's say that you, you do what I just described and you take a 20% margin and turn it into a 30% margin, okay? And the guy made how much last year? A hundred grand of profit. Well, and when I used to start, and by the way, I'm no mathematician, I'm <laughs> the guy who's still great math. Like, I kind of thought, like, it sort of sounds to me like common sense is that I took him from 100 grand to 110. Well, that's absolutely and clearly not the case. You just took him, when you take his margins from 20 to 30%, that's not a 10% increase, that's a 50% increase. Right. So guess what just happened to his profits? He went from 100 grand to 150,000. 50 grand in his bank account, that's like the difference between him driving a BMW and, you know, a Mini. And taking his kids away for three weeks to Disneyland and having no holidays in the in the summer, right? And then, by the way, the the exact same um, extrapolation of those numbers happens in the other four areas as well. But that, if I were to coach you, charge you a grand to ten grand a month, whatever the number is, where I would start is I get in your expenses and try to find you a few savings because that's normally very easy and it's incredibly impactful and all that money lands in your bank account.
0: You know, I've never heard it that way because a lot of times as quote-unquote business coaches or marketing strategists or whatever it is that you're doing to help a business owner, you're always typically, you hear people that are focusing on growth, right? So let's make more money. But I love how you yeah. positioned it because you, you didn't say anything with this conversation. I know this is what you do and this is how you teach your coaches to do this and this is how you've done it. But it's interesting that you said, let's take a look at your expenses first, rather than continue you know just focus only on the revenue which is a part of it but you're saying let's focus on the expenses let's see where we can cut back once we have that baseline we've freed up some cash flow and some profitability we're not making more money from a profit standpoint now let's focus on the growth is that what I'm hearing
1: that's exactly. Just you got to tighten things up, and just again, every dollar saved is a dollar. Like the, another great example is the number one expense in your life, my life, and everybody's listening's life, and their spouses and family are taxes. Most people, if I line up a hundred people and I ask them, seventy would have just said they're my home, right? Not even close. Expenses is the largest expense in your lifetime. So if you've got an accountant, and most people see their accountant once a year three months after the year is over, by the way, right, and then rush them to get their taxes done, you should be sitting with your accountant four times a year and finding ways to shave, again, just small percentages in multiple different areas off of your taxes, and you will find at the end of the year you'll be sitting there and there's your BMW payment for the year.
0: Let's shift gears for a second, Carl. We have a segment on the show called the Fail Forward Stage. It's, interestingly enough, one of the more popular Segments on the show, yet it's also the most vulnerable segment on the show. So, speaking of vulnerability, can you get vulnerable with us for a minute?
1: I'm always vulnerable. My wife insists.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I believe that all high performers and successful individuals look at failure maybe a little bit differently than most people. They actually use failure as what I call feedback and course correction. So, take us to a time, Carl, when you failed. And I know. We've asked this question almost a hundred different times to a hundred different people, and they all say, "Well, Scott, I fail all the time." And we, you know, we all know as entrepreneurs, we do fail all the time. We dust ourselves off, we get back up, and we keep moving. However, take us to a time when you failed, you almost wanted to even give up, but you actually used that one failure as fuel to your success fire.
1: Yeah, look, easy one. I I remember working with a client, like I understand, as a business coach, you know, like you're kind of in charge of their credit card and, you know, often you're encouraging them to spend some money in different areas and it can go fabulously or it can go sideways and it doesn't feel very good when it went sideways. And I remember working with a client and effectively using their credit card to do a big, you know, kind of marketing campaign that really fell on its backside. Mm -hmm. And although, and, and I understood that there was some risk and the client understood that there was some risk and quite frankly, he was, you know, incredibly good about the whole thing. But what I learned is i got to be very, very self-selective on, you know, when I'm marketing these companies. And, like, an example that I would give you is, like, let's say I'm working with a chiropractor, and one of the first things that you got to do is, like, 3% of the population are looking to buy right now, okay? Like, somebody's getting in a car accident right now, and they're in a neck brace, and they're on their way to the chiropractor, right? 3% are buying no matter what you do. Well, if you take an ad and you put it in the newspaper, you take an ad and you put it on Facebook, you take an ad and you put it anywhere over the radio, And it basically says, hey, I'm a chiropractor, and I'm going to help crack your back and make you feel great. Well, you're really appealing to the 3%, whereas I guess it kind of comes back to my change your offer, change your life. Well, on a scale of 1 to 10, how badly do you want to go to the chiropractor? And I'm guessing, like me, it would be significantly closer to 1 than 10. But how badly would you like to go get a massage? And then I bet that it's significantly higher towards 10 than it is towards 1. In fact, Scott, let me ask you. Am I right?
0: You're absolutely right.
1: Okay, boom. So, how about the chiropractor needs to promote and advertise free massage? Okay, and then basically the idea is and just picture, like, in fact, a husband wife team might help, you know, take to another planet, like with their business. Basically, we're promoting free massage. Um, you know, the, the phones are lighting up, the emails are flowing through, and then his wife's job is down there giving free massage, and then her job is to go, ooh, do you feel that? 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 Ooh, you feel that? Boom, upstairs to see the chiropractor. Which, by the way, guess what? Of 10 free massages, only five get upstairs. And of those five, only two and a half become chiropractic clients. But guess what? Your advertising just went from stinking to all of a sudden filling up your um, chiropractic practice. And then notwithstanding, what if they were doing yoga? And what if they came back for another massage, which they charged for, etc.? So, effectively... When you're, when I'm working, marketing with my clients, I, you know, I'd had, you know, definitely one that really stung and had a few where I was experimenting with credit cards and not really doing a great job. And this is where I came up with that revelation, change your offer, change your life and making sure that it's, you know, insanely, like you need to be really clever with it. Not too clever, by the way, but, you know, very seldom by going out there and say, Hi, I'm a business coach. Take my services. Hi, I'm a marketing professional. Hire me to do your marketing. That's not the way it's going to get it done, right? Like a business coach says, I'm going to do a 45 minute turnaround and find them 10 grand in 45 minutes. So, fell on my butt helping a client didn't feel very good, and I turned that around and went, I got to really learn how to make this phone ring and not, you know, leave the textbooks and go into the real world and start getting results and you know measuring those results and living and dying by them.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think um, I think what you said is really important too because you took a stinger. Right, And you turned it around and learned from it. And um, I'm sure the client understood <laughs> after a while. But uh, you learn from it as a business coach, as a marketing strategist, to how to do things a little bit differently, how to stand out from everybody else. But I want to take you down that really quick. Go back to the chiropractor. So you obviously have a lot of great ideas. You have a lot of passion for helping small business owners. That's obviously very apparent. But when you get into the world of a chiropractor or a small business owner or a practitioner, and you tell them, hey, you know what? You want your phone to ring, right? And they say, of course, you want your, you you want to grow your leads, right? Absolutely. New clients, more lifestyle, nicer cars, trips, all that. Yes, yes, yes. And then you say, you know what, Mr. Chiropractor? You've been operating this business for the last 15, 20 years this way. How about if you now throw in free massages? I'm assuming right off the bat, they're not going to exactly take that so uh they're not going to take what you just said and implement that right away. So how do you help them get over that mindset or to start thinking differently about their practice or their business?
1: Yes. Love it. Like awesome. Like you got to get in the the number one chokehold on your business, my business, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, McDonald's, you know, Microsoft, Apple, you name it is the owner, okay? The chokehold right there. So you, you, this is exactly where you need to start. So you're right. You don't start with the free massage. You got to start with how you know how willing this person is to think outside the box and get a little bit creative. Um, and so really, what you got to do is you got to start with education, quite frankly. And we'd be on this thing for eight hours. We went through all of that. But you know what I mean? You you need to go in. And in fact, you got to give them that. You gotta. You don't say, hey man, let's become you know free massage place. Um, you give them an example and often of a industry outside of your own. So like I would literally, if I was talking to you as a business coach, I would give you literally that example right there because it's the same. If you were a business coach for 15 years and I say start doing these 45 minute turnarounds, you know, you kind of jaw drops a little bit. And you go, how the hell am I going to do that? Yeah. Well, I give you the example of the chiropractor because it's outside of your own paradigm. You'll actually relate to it a hundred times better. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, you got to get inside their head first, right? And you know, you do that through educating. But people learn off examples, metaphors, and stories significantly better than um, you know just telling them, "Hey, man, this is what we should do."
0: Yeah, and Hacker Nation. I think uh, what's such a great parallel to what Carl is sharing is, is really, and this applies to anybody and any business owner. You know, I love how Carl just said that the owner can be the chokehold. I mean, I, you know, that's where we talk a lot of a lot of mindset, strategy, and tactic here on the show is how to not become the chokehold in your business, and that takes a lot of personal and professional development. That takes you, like Carl said, you know, not just focusing if you're a chiropractor, not just focusing on the chiropractic trades, but also what else is going on, what are other people doing, how are they being innovative. Uh, and yeah. I think that's such a huge point because if you're listening right now and you're saying, you know what, I feel like I'm stuck. Well, I think what Carl just said is so poignant, which is let's start thinking a little bit differently other than everybody else that does what we do so that you're not competing, but you're actually dominating in your space. Would you agree, Carl?
1: Yep, look, totally. And in fact, you know what, if I could just elaborate on that, I would, because let's just really quick, if I, if you were to say, okay, Carl, take a 50-hour, t- and a you know, I named my daughter Sage after Tony Robbins' wife, right? to put it in perspective. So I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. If you say, okay, take a 50-hour Tony Robbins um, seminar and chalk it into three steps, it would look like this. And these are the three steps to get your business owner doing what you just said, thinking outside the box, being a little bit more flexible, being a little bit more open to ideas outside of you know, what they've been doing for the last 15 years. And there's three steps. A really good way of doing it is using weight loss, right? Because ultimately what we're doing is looking for a breakthrough for the business owner. If somebody wants to lose weight, immediately what do they do? They think, I've got to stop eating as much, eat better food, and I need to go for a jog and start exercising. It's one oh one stuff, right? Well that's step number three of a three step process and that's a strategy, which they're correct. That'll get if they do that, they'll get it done. Unfortunately, why does nobody do it and why is half the population significantly overweight? It's step number two, and that's the story. What's the story of the average person who's overweight inside their head? I've tried everything. Yeah. I've lost weight before and it just came back plus a few pounds. Um, I'm big boned, whatever it might be, but they've got this story that's gonna stop them. Think about that chokehold for the business. So that's the story. And then number one, and absolutely bloody critical, and in my opinion, you know, it's close to magic, like I talked about earlier for the, the profit margin is managing somebody's state. If somebody's going to lose weight, if somebody's going to decide they're going to do it, You know, all of a sudden, they need to get, like, if they're all negative, it's not going to happen. They need to get positive. They need to get joyful. They need to get playful. They need to get energetic. you got to adjust their state. you got to get them playful enough, giddy enough, positive, thinking big. Like, instead of going, hey, man, let's try and make $100,000, say, how could we make $100 million with this business? And by the way, Zuckerberg was 27 years old, and he was worth how many billions of dollars? Hmm. He's 27, and he wears the same hoodie friggin' every day. And by the way, in some people's uh, personalities, you need to be more passionate and louder and get up and use arm movements. Others, you're going to have to be a little more quiet, and you're going to need to talk more matter-of-factly. And this is where, you know, NLP stuff, you need to work out how you're going to be able to get through to them. But what's critical, you want to change somebody's mindset. There's three steps to do it, and this is Tony Robbins, not me, Um, but it's strategy, story, and state. Everybody goes to strategy and then never leaves and it's about that story inside their head that they can not in it and the governor they have on themselves and then the state. You know, and most people, let's face it, live in a bit of a negative kind of, I can't do it, they're not going to love me, they're going to take it away states.
0: I love it. As you know, our Hacker Nation listens to the show for these success, acts and strategies. You've already given us a ton of nuggets, Carl, but I want to take you down what you just talked about, which is state. So I would love for you to share with our audience how someone, how a business owner, maybe someone that you've coached, or or really um, a mentor, or whatever it is that you do, how do you get someone, and we'll use this as your success hack, how do you get someone to change their state?
1: Uh, look, not much differently than my three-year-old daughter. You know what I mean? Like, first things first, I've gotta read like, you know, like someone has a specific personality, I'm gonna to need to adjust my approach ever so slightly. That being said, i got to be cognizant of the fact that I'm Carl and I need to be Carl in order to get the results I want. And frankly, not everybody is the right client for me, if you know what I mean, right? Mm. I, I operate with a high level of energy and I like my clients to operate with a high level of energy. But how would I get them to adjust their state? Look, it would come back to, um, you know, stories, metaphors, and examples. I like, like, let's say I walk into a, uh, a daycare and they've been operating, like you said, the same way for the last 15 years and doing what they're doing. I would say, well, look, how can we go? What what I want to do for you, Mister Business Owner, is I want to create an environment where your end consumer, your ideal client, which we'll call those affluent local um, families, that when they look at your business and then they look at the competition, they say this is an absolute bloody no brainer. I'm going with your business, no question, Mister Business Owner. Would that is is that the outcome that you would like as well? And of course, they're going to say yes, right? To say, well, look, if there were two daycares up up um, available 15 minutes down the road from one another. Understanding that family's number, like mom and dad's number one concern with dropping their kids off is accountability for the people now caring for their children, right? Right. Yeah. I would say, well, how about if there was one daycare that had a web watch where the parents could log on on the internet, watch the kids, make sure they're safe, having fun. Grandma and grandpa live on the other side of the country in California, and they want to watch them. Um, You know, they can watch little Johnny and little Kathy. Um, Which daycare would you drop your kids off at? Okay, and of course they'll laugh a little bit and go, oh, well, that's obvious. See, well, I want that to be your business, Mr. Business Owner. So all of a sudden, you've just taken them into a state of confidence that, oh, okay, now I'm kind of getting it. Which, by the way, as a rule, if you use a, if you're talking to a daycare, ironically enough, I would not use a daycare because of what I said earlier, because they've already got these built up paradigms. But I give them an example and then say, so do you see the, like, which one would you drop your kid off at? And they're always, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer, right? You're dropping the kid off at the um, place of the web watch, because, you talk about accountability. If you're going to let me watch you all day, you know, it's going to be all good. Or like maybe another example is I've got a daycare, a client, he sold his daycares for $10 million. It was an accelerated learning center. And effectively, the kids that would go to this daycare would expect to go into grade one with the grade three reading, writing, and arithmetic ability. Called it Little Harvard. Hmm. You see how that's a complete game changer, Mr. Business Owner, for the local families? Do you think they're coming to your place or that place over the competition? And, of course, they agree. And then I say, "Okay, well, now let's do that for you. So I've completely, I've expanded their mind. I've made them significantly more open. And notwithstanding, it's an example and it's a bit of a story as well. And they're looking at it going, wow, that's what I want to do.
0: All right, Carl, we are now entering the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the Success Hacker's version of the hot seat. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Carl, Bryant, are you ready for the randomness round?
1: I am, bud. Let's go.
0: Best advice you've ever received?
1: Read every day.
0: What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame
1: of mind? Uh, I go for a long, I heard that Steve, I read this a long time ago, that Steve Jobs used to love to go for a walk, so I'll often, like, you know how people meditate, I go yeah. for a walk, often ask myself a question, rip around the neighborhood, come back, I got the answer.
0: You now own a time machine, I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25 year old self?
1: Uh, that's easy, it's not about the revenues. it's not about the money, it's about the success of your clients.
0: What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? Hunger. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you?
1: I can balance a glass of my head for about an hour, and normally there's a couple beverages of alcoholic consumption uh, just (laughs) prior to that. And uh, I've also got, I, I, I play hockey for a short fat guy. I run around the hockey rink at a decent level, so I enjoy doing that.
0: What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business?
1: Uh, my, well, okay, for me personally, it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. One that I would recommend, and I'm a coach you know, by nature, so Money Master the Game is a must-read for every Northam- every family on planet Earth.
0: If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service to our Hacker Nation community, what would that be? Webinars. Carl, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This, is, <laughs> this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you for your time and sharing these incredible success strategies and hacks with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business?
1: Uh, if anybody's interested in business coaching, they should go to business-coaching.com. And anybody that's interested in learning about our company and whatnot can go to no Results.
0: All right, Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net. That's successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Carl, along with some other really cool brand new resources we have on the site. Oh, when you're on the site, do not forget to click subscribe so that you don't miss any of these newest and latest episodes. Before we end the show today, I wanted to make you aware of something pretty special. Everyone is always asking me, Scott... I know that you coach business owners on how to grow their business and become more profitable. I want to generate more leads. How do I do this? So I have something that I wanted to give you guys for free today. This video will actually help dispel any myths about how to generate more leads. Just go to IWantMoreLeads.net and you'll have your hands on the three biggest lead gen mistakes most business owners make and how to fix them all. So just go to leads. for this episode's free video on how to generate more leads for your business. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.